The following talk was given at Mile High Church in Lakewood, Colorado. Please visit our website at milehighchurch.org. All right, we are going to continue today our Adventure in Faith 2018, Bridges to Breakthrough. We're in the process of building inner spiritual bridges from breakdown to breakthrough, from pain to possibilities, from past to future, from where we are to where we ideally can be. And in the process of this, we're bridging our beloved Mile High Church uh, into a new chapter of growth and greatness and also uh, amassing the personal skills uh, to be masterful when change uh, descends into our life as well. And we have the first four steps accomplished, although I would pause to say that we seldom as you're building a bridge like this in your life, is it as sequential as our series is making it. Oftentimes, just spend a little more time in one area, go back to some others. But basically, this is the journey. And we have the first four steps, uh, accepting change, very important, and then honoring feelings, followed by then embracing transformation, And last week we talked about re-entering the game, that moment when we realize that life still calls us and we return to the mainstream of life no matter what has uh, happened in our experience. And the virtues that we have in place, you can see those on the screen. Let's show that again, gang. Those virtues there, courage for accepting change, honesty to honor our feelings, surrender to embrace transformation. And last week, we put the gift of heart, the virtue of heart there at the crest of the bridge. And now as we move forward today, we're moving into the part that moves us into breakthrough territory, into newness. And today we begin that with receiving the gifts. Our topic today, receiving the gifts. Today we have the opportunity to really get that there are gifts available for every one of us, no matter what the experience. The problem is we aren't always willing to receive those gifts. Ernest Holmes wrote that a bucket that is turned upside down, even in a cloudburst, will not fill with water. And so our opportunity and our challenge is to turn over the bucket of awareness in our lives and to establish a new relationship with key experiences in our past so that we're a bucket able to be filled, so that we can receive the gifts that are outpouring from the universe, and to always remember that the universe is conspiring for our highest and best, even in the difficult times, even in the challenging, or even in the embarrassing times in our life. It's all about finally getting around to receiving the gifts. Yeah, you can receive gifts, find gifts, even in the awkward times of your life. You're probably thinking of a few right now. The embarrassing times in your life. This week I was reflecting on some of the incidents in this 42-year journey and being in this ministry, and uh, I remember my first wedding I ever gave. My first wedding uh, was at 6 a.m. The couple wanted to be married by a little pond in a park, And so it was bitter cold, and we're out there shivering, and we get to the vows, and all of a sudden, a large group of ducks and geese descended among us, thinking perhaps we're going to feed them bread or something, but quacking and squawking, could barely hear the vows. Nobody trained me for that. Nobody. 
And then I remember my first funeral when I came back three years later here to Denver to work as an associate minister here. And it was a blizzard that day. We did the memorial over in the vote center and then he was to be buried up in Longmont and we barely got up there in the snow and it snowed so much we couldn't find the grave. (laughs) Nobody prepared me. Nobody told me about what to do then. And then I remember about seven, eight years later, I had four weddings on one Saturday and I got to the fourth wedding, dragged into the fourth wedding and I called the groom in that wedding by the first name of the groom at the prior (laughs) wedding only later to find out that that name I had misused was also the name of the bride's ex. Nobody prepared me. Nobody prepared me for any of this. Now these difficult situations they they were humbling for me at the time I can laugh at them now 42 years later yeah I can laugh at them and I see them as I move into retiring or rewiring as I put it uh, and, and prepare to serve and grow in different ways I see it as a part of the beautiful tapestry of this journey and oh can I commiserate with a fellow colleague in the ministry whose books I have just adored, who started in the ministry at the very same age as I did, 24 years old. Robert Fulgham writes, I left, it left a bad taste in my mouth. First year in the ministry, 24 years old, no need to seek advice about anything, which is why I so easily agreed to help a lady scatter the ashes of her husband from an airplane flying over Bellingham Bay. No problem. Go up in the plane, open the door, pour out the ashes, say a few comforting words about death, go home. The pilot assumed I knew what I was doing. And I was certain I too knew what I was doing. So up we went, over the middle of the bay. At about 5,000 feet, the pilot held the cockpit door open, and I took the top off what looked like a two-quart ice cream container and poured the ashes out the door. However... The slipstream poured the ashes right back in the door, filling the cockpit with the final dust of Harry, the deceased husband, and covering the widow, the pilot, and me. We flew back to the field in silence. The widow was nice and calm and cool about the whole thing. This will be funny someday, she said and drove off in her car with Harry's ashes beside her in a vacuum cleaner bag. I can so, I can so commiserate with those things and to find the gifts in the times when you just fall flat on your face and you get up anyway and you say, isn't life great? But what about, what about the devastating times? The times that bring us to our knees and break our hearts. The times that, for many people, continue to swallow them up like quicksand. Or the times that become perpetual roadblocks and stop signs when they want to go forward. What about those times? Any gifts in those? Well, I looked into my own life again. And I thought about one of the deepest heartaches of my life. And I've had a several, that's for sure. But one of the deepest ones was when I was in my very early 30s, 31, and thought I was getting married after a three-year relationship to a lovely lady uh, who got scared and all of a sudden just moved out, left a note saying, don't call me, and never explained anything. And I just fell into the deepest agony. I write about this in my book and 
I've shared it with you before if you've been around here a while. Um, I fell into the deepest of agony, um, grieving. And yet, at the same time, I was an associate minister and I, and I had to put on the old look-good act, but I was, I was in deep, deep pain. And then as I, I just sort of held that within and tried to steal through it all, I uh, found it devolving into um, anger after several months. And, and then I started telling stories and about how terrible it was and what a victim I was. And uh, then it even got into voicing hate. Uh, I don't know if that was really genuine, but it's where I went, in all honesty. So much so that about nine months after all that had transpired, a good friend of mine uh, said to me, Hey, you know, Rod, you teach this stuff called Science Mind. You ever thought of using it? And <laughs> after overcoming an impulse to deck him, I actually looked into it. And I opened into it. And I realized, hey, there's more to this. And you can either wallow in this, and you can let it destroy your life and your ministry, or you can look for something more in this thing. And I did. And I and then and I began to unfold realization after realization. Once I humbled myself, and I, I realized that indeed the relationship, while a wonderful teaching thing for both of us, a godsend for both of us, wasn't meant to be what we were going to take it to. And I hadn't wanted to accept that. And, and then the, the supreme realization that it really had nothing to do about her and what she did. What it had to do with was I'd gotten to that young age uh, with a closed and protected heart. And this experience was all about wounding me to break open my heart that I might learn how to open it. And once I got that realization... I went to so many lengths and studied with so many folks to the point that then that I experienced that initiation into the heart chakra and my whole life was transformed. My whole experience of God was expanded quantum leaps and, and everything in my life was blessed. And then it was easy for me to recontextualize that experience and realize it held profound gifts for me and thank God, I was willing to receive them because that precious gift for me opened up the gift, precious gift of Erica in my life. And now my kids and my grandkids and, and it allowed me to deepen into God and have a ministry worthy of what we've all done together. Um, I know that if I hadn't received that gift, I wouldn't have been able to walk with you as senior minister for 25 years and do what we've done. I, I know it wouldn't have been possible. So if I can get gifts in that, I know you can too. Hear these words from the physician and writer Bernie Siegel. Instead of judging the events in our lives as good or bad, right or wrong, we must recognize that of itself, nothing is good or bad. And everything has the potential to help get us back on the universe's schedule. This does not mean we have to like what happens. I didn't like it at all, by the way. It doesn't mean that we have to like what happens, but simply that we must remain open to the uses, even of adversity. A crisis may serve as a redirection, or as I often describe it, a reset button that starts you up again. So, 
what is still under the classification in your heart, in your mind, of wrong and bad and shouldn't have happened? Now, again, you don't have to like it, but I want you to know there are gifts you haven't yet received. And you can't dodge it. There are gifts you have not received yet. And here's the other thing. If you're trying to build a bridge into new and greater chapters for your life, that's going to stop you. That which still is being held onto as an unacceptable part of my life experience is going to be the barrier you can't get through till you go back and reconcile that and receive the gifts. And that may seem like a tall order because you've got to give up everything you've proclaimed about it. But on the other side of that story you've created is enormous freedom, enormous power, and new life. I promise you, new life. See, look in nature. You know, um, take an example, for instance, of fish. Even, even the smallest fish takes in water through its gills, and those remarkable gills are able to transform that into air for it to live by, and it can swim around because of the operation of those gills that turns water into air. And biology can explain what goes on, but actually when you think about how miraculous it is, it's a mystery how life can pull that off. Really, it's a mystery. And so I ask, what are the gills that we might use in our life, as it were? I mean, what can take the experiences that we move through in our life and transform them into something that sustains us, doesn't drown us, but sustains us? What is it that we have that can transform pain into breakthrough? Or, or heartbreak into meaning and, in, and into joy? What is it that we have that can bring out of any experience air that allows us to move forth, swim forth in this life of ours? Well, I'll tell you what that is. It's your spiritual heart. That is the capacity that you have to transform the human-level experience into a higher-level gift. It's your heart. And if you can go back and look at any experience in your life that still broods over you like a dark cloud and look at it through the lens and through the energetic of the heart, the gifts will start to emerge. And how exciting that is. Oh, from my heart of hearts, I want us all to have this. And I want us to have this as a spiritual community um, you know, we're building a wonderful bridge for Mile High Church as we move into a new chapter. And I know and I sense that it's a chapter of, of tremendous service and greatness and continued evolution of this spiritual community. And yeah, I'm stepping aside after 25 years in the role of senior minister, but I'm going to hang out there with you and keep cheering on uh, our continued progress. And I think that what I know is going to make it so powerful and beautiful is the heart of Mile High. It's, it's the energy and the heart and the dedication and the commitment of every one of us who love this place, who love this place, who stand for this place, who, who live this teaching out in the world as an enlightened citizenry. 
I know it's the heart of Mile High, along with then our incredible ministerial team and, and our, the leadership of our board and our staff and our practitioners and all in service. It's going to keep this so strong as a work of heart that I know. And you know, I think there's another gift, uh, a set of gifts that I'd like to offer you, and that is the incredible new leadership that was willing to come here and, and I speak of Dr. Michelle and, and Reverend Josh because as I lured them here, um, they left thriving ministries that they were leading, each of them, uh, and were willing to be here with us. And um, I know that many of you don't get around to the worldwide movement we're a part of, Centers for Spiritual Living much, but I'm here to tell you that they're the best out there that they are primo and incredible leaders and teachers. And, and so we have the gift of that leadership to carry this great lighthouse uh, forward into its next chapter. And, you know, one of the things that made it so much easier for me and for Erica, when we came back here 25 years ago in 1993 uh, so I could serve as senior minister, we had a lot of tough things going on at Mile High at that time. But here's what sustained me. When I got back here, I was lavished with so much love from this congregation, so much enthusiasm, so much support, so much go get them, we're behind you kind of energy that I was willing to step into this and go for it and keep growing personally and just keep doing the best we could do. And look what we've done in these 25 years. And, and you know what? I know how essential that, that support was. So here's what I invite us to do. And... Um, I'm the one who came up with this, and uh, so I get to do this. I have had them over in the community center put out these little cards. It says, Words of Blessing. And there's a big cork board for both Dr. Michelle and another one for Reverend Josh. And if you would, if you just take a few minutes and dart into the lobby of the community center or wherever they have it and write a love note or a few words of support, to Josh and to Michelle, and then just pin that to that board. What I know is that's going to be a part of us receiving the gifts, and, and you'll, you'll impel and support them as they go forward to be our leaders. You up for that? Will you do that for me? All right. Thank you. The heart. You know, the heart's been my great teacher, and I know there's the, go- the heart has a goal for us if we're willing to live up to the heart. And of course, you know I love acronyms, so G-O-A-L is what you need to remember to remember this step, these four steps. But the heart, the, the goal of the heart uh, is, first of all, to give in, and then to open up, accept healings, and then lean forward. Now, that's what you can do every step of the way to access heart power. First of all, give in. There comes a time of humbling when you realize that the stories you've made up, the, the, the upset, the, the regrets, the blame, and all of the egotism that we can come up with is our biggest impediment to a life that works. And so we get to give in and let go. Let go of all we've amassed to protect ourselves and justify ourselves and let all that lesser stuff go. And it might seem like a humbling, but it's an opening because that's the next step to open up. To open up to the power of the heart. To surrender into the heart. And, and to be willing to be changed at depth. So it's giving in and then opening up. And then accepting healing. 
And as you get more anchored in the heart, the healing comes forth as profound insights, like it did for me when the lights went on and said, this has nothing to do with this incident. It has to do with a heart that's yearning to be opened. And when you get an insight like that, whatever your particular insight is, it's a wonderful healing elixir. It expands you. All of a sudden, you're really willing to forgive yourself and forgive anybody else involved because you know it was about something bigger. It had to do something with your soul becoming more fully expressed. And so you can actually bless that event and accept the healing and then lean forward into your life. Lean forward and move forward. But you'll find the movement is so graceful because all of the self-inflicted speed bumps are gone. And we can get up to speed and we can swim forth into a beautiful life. Give in. Open up. Accept healings and lean forward in your life. Today, we're adding a new virtue to the bridge that supports this whole process of receiving the gifts. And it's, it's the virtue of gratitude. And the symbol for this gratitude is the sun. Now, gratitude is actually an expression of heart. In fact, all of the next three concluding steps in the bridge are all expressions of heart, which is the, the fourth one at the, at the crest of the bridge. Gratitude is a heartfelt expression And when we really hang out in gratitude, it's like the sun falling on barren soil or frozen soil. It's the sun that nurtures energy and plant growth and all manner of growth. Gratitude is like that. It's that powerful. And when we finally really embrace the goal of love, then our hearts can shine forth with gratitude in our life. Think of these three areas of gratitude. First of all, the rays of gratitude for the gift of perspectives. Rays of gratitude for the gifts of perspective is realizing that we can be grateful that everything in our life fits into a bigger perspective and a bigger picture. Another favorite author of mine, Rachel Naomi Remen, uh, she writes of a time when she was a little girl, three or four, and how in her family jigsaw puzzles were a, a wonderful thing they always did. There was always a very large jigsaw puzzle spread out on a table. And she didn't know anything about the puzzle, but she just saw the family enjoying it time after time. And it was, it was interesting that the father, when they got a new puzzle, would always hide the lid so nobody really knew what they were working on and made it, just added a little element, a little element to the process. Well, one day, she, a little Naomi got up and nobody was around and she looked at all these pieces, not even knowing what they were for, She saw some really brightly colored ones, some interesting ones, but then she saw some brown and black and and shady ones, and and she thought, they scare me. She thought they were like spiders or bugs, and she didn't like that. So she gathered all of those up, and she stored them under the cushions of the sofa. Well, that too made putting the puzzle together rather interesting for the family. Finally, in utter frustration, the mom counted up the pieces in the puzzle and discovered that about 100 pieces were missing and asked Naomi if she knew where they were. And she said, yeah, they're right under the sofa there. And then they explained to her what it was all about. But up until that time, she didn't know. And reflecting on that, Naomi writes, as piece after dark piece was put in place, the picture emerged. I was astounded. I had not known there'd be a picture. It was quite beautiful. But without the pieces I had hidden, the game made no sense. Perhaps winning requires that we love the game unconditionally. Life provides all the pieces. When I accepted certain parts of life 
and denied and ignored the rest, I could only see my life a piece at a time. The happiness of a success or a time of celebration or the ugliness and pain of a loss or failure. I was trying hard to put behind me out of sight. But like the dark pieces of the puzzle, these sadder events, painful as they are, have proven themselves as part of something larger. What brief glimpses I've had of something hidden seem to require accepting as a gift every last piece. Every last piece. Every precious experience in your life is a part of the perspective, a part of the larger tapestry of your life. Rays of gratitude can shine light on that. And we can embrace our life and put a blessing upon it all because it's all a part of the bigger picture. I've got an affirmation for us to declare to empower this. After me, I appreciate my life's mystery and majesty. One more time. I appreciate my life's mystery and majesty. It's a mystery how it's all unfolding, and yet it's majestic and it's beautiful. Rays of gratitude, accepting the gift of perspective. And then there's rays of gratitude for the gift of pearls. You know, an oyster, if a bit of sand or grit or shell gets inside it, it really just transforms it and builds up something precious. And that's the way it is in our life. When the painful things come along, if we'll enfold it in our love and in our heart and in our gratitude, then it can build up something precious, which originated as something painful. Um, Rabbi Lawrence Kushner, another wonderful author, writes about a time when he and his wife were given the news that their four-year-old son had a disease called progeria, which is the early aging disease. And they were told that by 10 years old, he'd have the body of a 90-year-old that his hair would fall out, that he'd be a virtual cripple. And the news to them was extraordinarily excruciating. Uh, And uh, they didn't even know how they could get through it. Later on, and sometimes our transformations occur after the fact, Rabbi Kushner wrote about that. And he admitted that as as heart-rending as that experience was, he also said that through that experience with their son, they were drawn into levels of loving and experiences that were more touching and powerful than anything life could have presented them in any other way. Even out of that terrible experience, they found a gift that built up their life. So it's rays of gratitude for the the gift of pearls that we create. Here's an affirmation. Let's share this one together. I appreciate the painful becoming the precious. Again, I appreciate the painful becoming the precious. Finally, I'd ask you to reflect on rays of gratitude for the gift of passages. In many respects, as I reflect on life, our lives are one initiation after another. Powerful passages that aren't so much about our outer lives as about ways by which we are becoming. Initiations into the greater depths and possibilities of our own souls, our own being. And when we know that, it's so much more powerful. As a concluding illustration of this, I'm remembering a man we've had speak here, W. Mitchell. Uh, W. Mitchell, when he was 46 in 1971, uh, he was in a motorcycle accident, and the lid on the the, uh, canister for the gas came off, and he was burned over 65% of his body. 
Uh, and he recovered from that, and he became a successful entrepreneur and pilot, as you can see his picture here. Um, and then four years later, uh, after that accident, uh, he had another accident. A plane he was piloting smashed down onto the runway after takeoff, and that crushed his 12th thoracic vertebrae, leaving him um, paralyzed from the waist down. Now, this was, of course, um, another tremendous uh, challenge and, and setback for him. But you know what? He worked day and night to regain as much uh, functionality and mobility as he could. And then he dedicated himself to going after the gifts in this thing. And so he uh, uh, worked hard to rehabilitate. And then he got into such interesting uh, uh, adventures. He decided to run for Congress. Uh, and in a time when image was so important in any political race, his, his theme for his campaign was not just another pretty face. And you got to love the humor that he brings to that. And then he, he kept moving his life forward. He got into whitewater rafting. He fell in love and he got married. He earned his master's degree. He continued flying. And he became and is still a tremendous author and a, a wonderful inspirational speaker. All the gifts he was able to receive. And he says, before I was paralyzed, there were 10,000 things I could do. Now there are 9,000. I can dwell. I can either dwell on the thousand things I lost, or celebrate the nine thousand things I have left. Yeah, rays of gratitude for the passages, and and the greater becoming. That is really why we're here. In this brief little time on this planet, so many possibilities and so much gratitude. Robert Raines writes: To go with the flow of your life is to live without a map. To be vulnerable to having your plans changed, your heart broken, your dreams unfulfilled. It is to trust that God is in the rapids of change as well as in the rocks of continuity. It's being able to stop digging in your heels against the tide of tomorrow. It is exercising a suppleness of spirit in which you respond to the nudgings and promptings of grace moment by moment, day by day, in a kind of lovemaking with life. An affirmation for us. Together, I appreciate my evolving and victorious spirit. Oh, that's what I pray you'll do. You'll realize that you have that ability to transform the challenges into the opportunities and to receive gifts of all kinds in your life to shine rays of gratitude for the gifts of, of perspectives and pearls and passages unfolding in the miracle of your being. But always remember, it comes from the heart. You got to give in, open up, accept healings, and lean forward into your life. I've got all three of those affirmations back up here again. Let's say them together. I appreciate my life's mystery and majesty. I appreciate the painful becoming the precious. And I appreciate my evolving spirit. I bless you in that. It's time for us to put the next plank in this bridge for the virtue that supports receiving the gifts. And that is gratitude. Thank you for listening to the Mile High Church podcast. This podcast is made possible by the generous contributions from listeners like you. If you'd like to make a donation, text 720-230-1404 or visit us at milehighchurch.org.